Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. First, we're going to take a step back and study the big picture of how Acts fits into crucial transitions found in Scripture. Second, we will take a look at how the apostles handled the need when it was discovered that the widows of Hellenistic Jews were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Infant Church Takes First Steps, Part 1. Here's an outline for all of chapter 6. I'm only going to get to the first two and a half points this morning. But here's the, what we're going to see. A need arises, leaders prioritize, leaders propose a plan, people are put forth, leaders pray and confirm, God keeps moving and Stephen rises up. This is ongoing in the history of the early church. But first, a need arises. As is generally the case in life, it was something of a crisis that provoked some creative thinking that led to something good. If you'd like a secular proverb version of this, necessity is the mother of invention. You need something, so you, you invent something to fix it. A need surfaced in the form of a complaint. It was a legitimate complaint. And spirit-led people responded in a godly way. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Now, a couple of things to pick out of there, innocent-looking little phrases. What's translated at this time is literally, in these days. Uh, This is a record of a time in history. It's the regular passing of days. This was the ongoing day-by-day lives of the Christians in Jerusalem. They had a problem a growing problem. The word translated increasing, as in number where they were increasing in number, that could literally be translated multiplying. Following those numerical references that we've seen, the numbers could well have been 15,000 to 20,000. That's a lot of people to keep track of. Now, What's translated Hellenistic Jews is simply literally Hellenists. They were the ones from outside Palestine. Jerusalem and Judea, the region, Palestine, the, the, the area, if you will. And Jews were scattered all over the Roman Empire. That's called the diaspora. That's the Greek word for it. The dispersion. And those that didn't live near the mothership, near the temple in Jerusalem, they were daily immersed in um, a, quite a bit different culture. Thanks to the spread of the Greek culture and Alexander the Great, a lot of them had a lot of Greek influence with them. 
God used Alexander the Great to spread the Greek culture and the Greek language to have the New Testament written in a language very, very precise and could be spread worldwide very quickly. God was sovereign in all of that. But there were these people who were more influenced by the Greek culture. Most of them had as their first language Koine Greek, the language of the New Testament. Now also, most of these people didn't have just one language. They may have, may have dealt in, in Greek, in, uh, in, in Latin, the Jews in Aramaic. There were many other things. You can see all those languages that are mentioned in Acts chapter 2. What's translated native Hebrews is literally just the Hebrews. They were the ones who did live in and around Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, their daily language was probably Aramaic the current dialect of, of Hebrew. And to them, the Hellenists were maybe a little suspect because of the cultural shades of differences. You know how it works when, when you meet someone who doesn't speak your language as fluently as you do, you can tell just from hearing them, they're not as smart as you are. Isn't that how you think? And so you talk to them more slowly and louder, louder, and it doesn't help a bit. Okay? There, there are things like that that are the natural human reactions. Well, the, the Hellenists who were there observed that their widows, the widows that w- were part of their families, were not receiving an adequate or equal or appropriate share of the food that was provided for the care of the most needy among the first Christians. Now, as I said, this incident is one of many baby steps in the development of the functioning of the church as the body of Christ. Now, it's quite interesting to me, just observe this this week, it really dawned on me, in the next to last letter from the Apostle Paul, the one that gave us the most information about ecclesiology. In the next-to-last chapter of the next-to-last book of his, he gives detailed instructions about what qualifies people for material and financial support from the church, and he primarily deals with widows as far as those who are needy. So the first step of the church functioning is actually finished being codified in the last step of the doctrine of ecclesiology. And would you notice also that this was going on in the daily serving of food? That shows this was part of ongoing ministry. This was not a one-off situation of crisis. This wasn't a complaint that, well, Last week at the potluck, some people got seconds before others got their first serving, and somebody got left out. By the way, that's a 21-century-old problem. Bring more food. The point is, a need arose. That's what led to the invention of a new idea, and it was a very good idea. The next part is the leaders prioritizing. We've seen in Acts chapter 2 and then again in chapter 4 and again in chapter 5, people were bringing their contributions, mainly in response to need, and some just in pure worship, and they always laid them at the feet of the apostles. Well, that makes sense. 
It was the apostles, clearly, whom God had set up as the leaders of this new thing. But that original group of 120 has grown more than a hundredfold. Okay, so just imagine Heritage Bible Church is here today. We already need two services. Imagine if instead of the 300 people we were, imagine if we were, oh, I know, say this fall, 30,000. That's the magnitude of the management problem that needed to be dealt with. It's like the difference between you operate your own home, you have your own family, uh, you know where the kids' bedrooms are, you've tried to put the same number of kids to bed each night, you, you, you keep track of them, you feed them, you pay the bills, you do all of that. Well, if imagine just in, in a matter of weeks or months, suddenly your home has to take care of several hundred people. That's the magnitude. A, a huge part of the testimony of the early church was how rigorously, relentlessly, daily they cared for one another. Jesus said before He went to the cross, they'll know you're My disciples if you have love for one another. That was happening. Now, remember this statement from immediately after the salvation of those first 3,000 souls, Acts 2.42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, there were only 12 apostles until Paul was brought in. They were given revelation from God. Their teaching was crucial. It was foundational. Ephesians 2 says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the, and the prophets. They diligently taught the ever-growing numbers of people in the temple. And it says they went from house to house as well. It wasn't all public proclamation. There was a lot of personal interaction. And so they needed to prioritize according to their abilities and their calling. Now, it's a very good thing to feed hungry people. Galatians 6, it says, don't grow weary in, in caring for each other and doing good deeds for each other. It's a very good thing for believers to share meals together. It's a very good thing to pay special attention to the needs of widows and orphans as a subcategory. But it's not possible to teach full-time, be devoted daily to prayers, and to reason with people about the gospel day in, to day, day in and day out, and also to handle the hard work of distributing and serving food. So, chapter 6, verse 2. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the Word of God. This is the apostles, the leaders prioritizing. Those are the right priorities for the apostles. Again, as we see the fullest expression of life in the church fleshed out in the writings of the Apostle Paul, he relates the very same priorities for the men who followed the apostles and became the elders of the local churches. Again, that same chapter, 1 Timothy 5, he says, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. You see the transition that we mentioned there from 
Jesus to his agents? If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.